1: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.
2: Welcome to the Maccas Run with Sam Hargraves. With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Maccas today.
3: I can't... Uh... I don't think do it justice um, with words in terms of how much it means to me. Um, this footy club, the people, really is what makes it uh, over the time. Now and 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 in previous years, uh, as I said, it's I'm just so fortunate um, and grateful. Uh, it's, it's such a great club, and I'm I'm just so lucky to have, have been a part of it and been able to share that journey with so many great people. That's just. It's, it's, a, it's a hope, not an expectation. And, and um, you know, if, if, if it doesn't happen, it's, it doesn't change anything. I'm, I'm, um, I've, I've got nothing but uh, love and admiration for the footy club and all the players and staff and everyone involved. Um, again, both past and present and, and very content with where I sit right now.
4: As the West Coast Eagles, Josh Kennedy retires as one of the best forwards of his generation. The Sydney Swans, Josh Kennedy today announcing his retirement and he will retire as one of the best midfielders of his generation. An argument to be made uh, of all time as well from a statistical point of view, a phenomenal career. He had 290 games. He was originally a hawk, a father-son selection, the famous Kennedy name. Uh, and then traded uh, before the 2010 season to the Harbour City. Hawthorne had to make the decision. Do we stick with Brad Brad Sewell and Trav Tuck or uh, do we stick with Josh Kennedy? Josh Kennedy uh, went to the Swans and what was Hawthorne's loss was absolutely the Sydney Swans gain. 13 years in red and white. Uh, so many accolades, but a four-year captain of the club, um, three-time All-Australian. Um, multiple best and fairest, two Brett Kirk medals, uh, best on ground in Sydney derbies. He finished third in the 2014 and 2017 Brownlow medals. He's been a Garriere's medalist for the best finals player in 2016. Um, and over 16 seasons at the highest level, when you, when you ponder the statement that he is one of the best midfielders, not just his generation, but maybe... Uh, Of the caper. We get told week in, week out, covering this game that games are won and lost in the middle. It'll all start with contest and it'll all start with clearance. Well, this is a man who now sits number one for contested possessions in the history of AFL and second all time in clearances. If coaches tell us every week that the game is won and lost in clearance and in contest, this man made a career out of it and did it better than anybody over his journey. So congratulations to Josh Kennedy, um, a phenomenal career, a premiership, as we mentioned in 2012 with the Swans um, the grand final in 2016, uh, sorry, 2014 and 2016. Um, and he was asked today about getting back um, and playing again this season after cruelly, doing his hamstring uh, on the same weekend as his namesake uh, went out on the highest of high notes kicking eight goals uh, for West Coast unfortunately for Josh Kennedy doing a hamstring in the VFL uh, he was asked about coming back to have a swan song by the end of the year
3: that's just it's it's a it's a hope not an expectation and, and um, you know if, if if it doesn't happen it's it doesn't change anything on on um, I've, I've got nothing but uh, love and admiration for the footy club and all the players and staff and everyone involved. Um, Again, both past and present and and very content with where I sit right now. Uh,
4: One of the best big-time players too. Always performed on the biggest stage and in the biggest moments. Three club champion awards, three All-Australians. As I said, four years as Sydney captain. He was Swan's players' player four years and Swan's best in finals in four years as well. A highly revered... Member of that football club and of the game itself. Uh, That's how we lead off the Maccas run today. Good evening to you. Hope you've had as good a day as you possibly can however you've been putting it in, wherever you've been putting it in. Great to have you on board. You can ring at any time to have your say on the news of the day. one 736 736 Harcourts open line. Your move, your Harcourts. For all things real estate, speak to Harcourts and we do it all for Maccas. Try the quarter pound of bacon at Maccas today. You can text in 0433 98 A couple of tribunals Tribunal case is going on. Um, Tonight, by the way, 7 o'clock, the first serve is back. 8 o'clock off the tee, myself and Nick Ahern. Future stars with myself, Pickers and Pitch, and then without bias, our dedicated Lawn Bowl show. I've got a feeling we won't have a result in this tribunal case until probably well after 7 o'clock tonight. Because there are two cases. Um, Tim Kelly from the West Coast Eagles is trying to get a one-match dangerous uh, tackle charge um, downgraded so that he can play this weekend. Uh, Jury were deliberating, um, and we still don't have a decision on that. So they wanted the impact downgraded to low, um, whilst the AFL maintained uh, that it should be medium. So as soon as we've got a result in that, then we will... um, Give you the or we'll give you the heads up, but also too then they will move straight into the Patrick Cripps case tonight. Two week suspension for that hit on Cal Archie. It was graded as careless, high impact, high contact. Um, as a few people have had their say on it today, to bring you up to speed, uh, let's start with SEN Breakfast. Tim Watson today. Do so
5: you think he should get
4: off? I think he will. Yeah, I think he will. Based on Do you on... think he should. Um, Well, I do. I
5: I think that... In the environment about head-high contact. No, and you know my point about that and how strong I am about that and how serious we need to take it. You know all that. But I still think we play a collision sport. No question. And there's a competitiveness which is associated with that. Yep. And accidents will happen in the determination for two players to go after the one ball. That's That's what I think. If you look at those... If you look at that, and, you know, they're going to slow it down and look at it frame by frame, that type of thing. But they... If you look at it in real speed and in real time, yep. I, I, didn't, I didn't think that it was such
4: a, 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 an illegal attack on the ball yeah, well, as what some other people thought. Tim Watson, SEN Breakfast today. SEN.com.au to catch up uh, on all the goings-on on, on SEN Breakfast. Nathan Buckley in his uh, weekly spot with Jared Waitley.
0: Think about these guys that have been leaders and have been physical presences for their physical presence for their teams and for the for the people around them and they have in they've generally imposed themselves when there's a a 50 50 ground ball and they just go harder and lower than than their opposition and they impose themselves on that contest and it and Jack Viney's another one and therefore it emanates into an expectation of how you're going to approach your next contest so I think there was in I think I have to believe that there's a bit of that in Paddy Cripps, and I think there is. Whether it was the right time, right place, don't know. Probably not. Um, and it wasn't lower and harder. And these days, the lower and harder is nearly taken out because if, if you go lower and harder than someone and they happen to have their head over the ball and you beat them or, or you, you, you're you too hard, you're going to get penalised as well. So there's so many more things having to go through a player's head when they contest a football in today's game than ever before,
4: Nathan Buckley with Jared Whitley earlier today. Uh, Paddy Dangerfield also speaking to Jared, uh, Geelong superstar, head of the AFL, uh, president of the AFL Players Association, uh, spoke at length about uh, the the Crips hit.
1: Yeah, I mean, you and I have had this discussion previously around footballing acts. What constitutes it? Uh, you know, I understand that, and, and certainly from um, you know a, a player's. PA point of view around the health and safety around concussion and how important um, those markers are. But then as a player, purely as a player, you look at it, and I know the goalposts have shifted, certainly in in my time in the game, but you do empathise, and and this is not taking away from, um, you know, the victim, you know, but you do empathise with the player in the situation where the ball's there and you feel like you're going to do everything to put yourself in that contest and then for a split second, it's just a little bit later than what you think and then you brace and then, you know, the resulting um, contact. So, you know, it's, it's been pretty clear from what we've seen from past incidents around what the ramifications will be. And it's generally been a suspension, but it doesn't take away from, you know, just how difficult the game is to play in a split second in a split moment when, you know, at the time Carlton's getting hammered and you need a moment to get your team back in the game as captain. And that's the moment. Um, yeah. You don't condone the, the, the head high contact, but you understand it is part of the game at different stages, but it, it promises to be a really interesting one. I think um, does he escape suspension. I, I think it's difficult given what we've seen and, um, the previous examples, but it isn't without precedence given what we saw with Willie Rioli, but correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think Matthew Rowe at the time was uh, concussed, so perhaps that's the, the big change there.
4: Paddy Dainfield with Jerry Whateley earlier today. Even Sam Walsh has been asked about this uh, at Carlton Training today.
3: Yeah, so obviously the club's going to go through that process tonight of challenging it, and the way i seen the contest, I was right in front of it, I've seen it as two guys going really hard at the ball Crip had his eyes on it for the whole time and arms were outstretched and unfortunately in, in footy you're going to get some some big contests and um, that's what happened but um, yeah it'll be uh, good for the club to get into it tonight. There's no doubt that Krip is a big part for us so hopefully we have him this week but um, I think a bit of the theming for us this whole year has been about the next guy stepping up and I think we've got confidence um, no matter who's coming into the team and I think for us, it's we're going to be really bullish about this where you're coming out and trying to play our, our way, and um, whoever that comes from, we've got to start generating that as a group and start taking a bit of action.
4: So that was Sam Walsh uh, at Carlton Training early day. And just to finish off, Gary Lyon, this was on the couch last night, and the uh, differing views from the crew on the couch uh, Gary Lyon, John O'Brown, and Nick Revolt. I don't
5: think, in the state that we're in, in this game that we've got, that, that, that if that goes unpunished, then we're kidding ourselves. Whether you're jumping in the air to in a marking contest yep. or to intercept the ball from a handball is, a, is irrelevant. Oh, it, it has be irrelevant. to be irrelevant. Yep. So they walk in,
4: you press play on the Willy Rioli tape and you'll walk out five minutes later. So that's interesting. Should that be the precedent set, uh, the Willy Rioli uh, bump on Matty Rowell? Um, I don't think they're as similar as uh, potentially a few people do think that they are. Um when you look at Matt Rowell, he's 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 working hard and coming hard with the flight of the ball. He makes up a lot of ground quickly. Willie Rioli is jumping up to try and take uh, a mark. And so Matt Rowell, with his movement, and Willie Rioli with his, come together in a very different way than what Brandon Archie, who took two steps to reach up to take a ball, um, with Cripps hitting him from the back and side, sort of on that angle uh, of body. It, there's no. Cripps doesn't look to be trying to punch the ball away, whether or not they can make an argument to say that he actually thought he was going to get there first. But Archie's right in his vision when he leaves the ground, uh, I believe. So I don't think there was a ton of malice and is, I'm going to really... I think he made a contest, but I, I don't think you can... I don't think those two cases um, are as similar as some believe that they are. And they will take into account that Calarchi was subbed out of that game straight away. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Tim Kelly's uh, one-match ban has been upheld. He will miss the derby against Frio. Um, so that would mean that Paddy Cripps' case will be argued by Carlton and the AFL, and we will keep you up to date as those arguments are made uh, up until now and 7 o'clock before BP uh, takes over with the first serve. Nathan's been waiting patiently in Craigieburn. G'day, day, G'day, Nath.
6: Yeah, good evening. I was trying to make two quick points. Sure. Uh, one is, I want to congratulate uh, Kennedy on his um, career. He he, will, he won't go known like everyone else, like how you, you we remember like um, Gary Abler and Buddy Franklin when they retire. Kennedy's like under the radar. He's like a Lenny Hayes for me because I'm a St. killer supporter. Great uh, clubman.
4: That's a great. it's a very very good comparison. Um, I, I, I look at that stat though, Nathan, when, when, and it just has me thinking that I I agree with you. I think Josh Kennedy's been underrated slightly for a, a fair chunk of his career. And I think he's missed out on several... He's three-time All-Australian, but I think he could should have been about a five or six-time All-Australian. He might not be as fancy as some others, but when you get told that the most important thing in footy is contest and clearance, and now maybe intercept, but through most of his career it was contest and clearance... Well, he's one all time and two all time uh, in those stats. So you know, I think he's had a a, a brilliant, brilliant career.
6: Yeah, hundred percent. I I agree with you with that. And my second point is, if Patrick Cripps gets let off without getting suspended, I don't care what who says what. The video footage just shows him going for the man base. Well, he, he, obviously the balls there to be one, but. If he had intention to win the ball, he would have put his arms out and there would have been an accidental head collision in the air. Then I understand that he should get let off. He braced for the contact, didn't think about the play that was in front of him. So you pay the consequence that the guy got concussed. We're trying to t- stamp concussion out of our game, and that's one way of stamping it out. You can't just say he's a big-name player, Carlton need him, and all right, we'll just change our mind and not suspend him. It's n- not right.
4: Hey, thanks for the call, Nathan. Greatly appreciate it. one 736 736 on the Harcourts open line. Your move, your Harcourts. Tex Walker has spoken today. So too uh, has Adelaide Chairman John Olsen in regards to the revelations over the last week or so, starting with Eddie Betts, uh, Josh Jenkins, Bryce Gibbs about that now infamous uh, Adelaide Crows pre-season camp. I'll play that for you next. And Kane Corns has not missed David Kosh after his comments uh, that everybody will be evaluated at Port Adelaide after their season this year. I'll play that for you next as well. This is the Macca's run.
2: Welcome to the Macca's run with Sam Hargraves, with special sauce and juicy beef. Grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today.
3: Certainly, it doesn't affect my or change my opinion of any one person. It Changes my opinion of the program and how much we need to improve the program. Like in the in the last ten years, we've never finished uh I think below Kent so we've always been competitive right up to the last minute of finals or been playing in finals or been playing in preliminary finals um obviously this year will be the the worst finish that we've had in the last 10 years and something's got to change but that's a that's a whole of program decision
7: It's a classic example of a chairman kicking with the breeze, really. This is what this was. He had felt the angst from the supporter group. He felt like he needed to make a strong statement to um, alleviate some of the concerns from the very vocal Port Adelaide supporter group who um, share their feedback regularly with us and also, no doubt, with the football club. But their desire to sack Ken Hinckley right now, Akoshi has listened to that. And he said, okay, even though you know my language has been one way all year, with two games to go, I'm going to alleviate some of the concerns from the Port Adelaide supporter group and make a big, strong, sweeping statement about the coach with two weeks to go. Turn it around or watch out. Turn what around? There's two weeks left in the season. Well, what, what, what do you need to know in the next two weeks regarding Ken Hinckley's ability to coach this club that you haven't already discovered in the last 10 years? So either make a call or back him in. Let, let's not say you've got two weeks to turn it around and you know the the whole football department is under review. Um, everyone's job is on the line, essentially. They're not afraid to make hard calls. Turn it around or watch out. What a ridiculous thing to say. The, 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 the thing that David Koch needs to do is make a call. Is he your coach or is he not your coach? And if he's not your coach... You've got to tell him now so that he has the opportunity and you give him the respect to go and be able to find another job. There's two vacant coaching jobs right now that Ken Inkley would absolutely be in the mix for, but he can't be in the mix for it if he thinks he's going to be coaching Port Adelaide next year. And if you don't think that, then tell him. Conversely, if he is your guy and you've contracted him for next year, which they have, back him in now. There's nothing to be learnt in the next two weeks that you don't already know and that you haven't already discovered in the last 10 years. That was a stupid thing to say. It sent the media into a spin and it now has everyone questioning whether Ken Inkley will be there next year.
4: The volcano on SENSA after David Koch's comments on 5AA yesterday on the future of Ken Hinckley didn't miss and it makes a lot of sense. And for Port Adelaide fans, I'd be curious. A man that's been there um, over 10 years like Ken Hinckley has has taken you a couple of prelims, and I would argue with lists that may not have been on paper the equal to some of the teams that they beat and played against in those prelims. How do you think that his exit or his uh, ongoing uh, tenure... At Port Adelaide should be handled. Um, There is a way of treating people. There is, um, (laughs) as Jerry Maguire said, there's such thing as manners. And is it good manners to make a guy have a two-game audition to see if he's going to stay there next year? Uh, Or do you back a guy in um, and say, we will see this through to the end with you? Um, Or do you say, look, it's not going to be you moving forward. If you want to go and apply for something else, then so be it. But... Um, it would be a little bit humiliating, I would think, if you, Ken Hinkley, to be, have heard what uh, David Koch had to say and in the manner that uh, he had to say it, given his long-standing and long service uh, that he has given uh, that footy club, one 736 736 just on Port Adelaide. I'm going to play you the, the stuff today in regards to Tex Walker uh, and John Olson, the chairman uh, of the Adelaide Footy Club. But John Ralph's reporting in the Herald Sun today that the prison bar jumper... So this debate, this is probably a, a, such a non-issue. I've never seen something that is gets as bigger, um, air, as much airtime and as debated as hotly, as maybe it's because I'm not a Collingwood fan, um, or a Port Adelaide fan, that it seems like the biggest non-issue. Port Adelaide for one game a year against, uh, against the Crows in a showdown wearing the old prison bar. Uh, yes. Port Adelaide have been uh, a a, a club. I know they're sort of two different clubs that have now reformed, um, if you know your history. Uh, Yes, they've been around longer, but Collingwood have had that jumper longer. Uh, Port Adelaide used to wear different colours. So if you go back and look at that, Pies have actually had it longer. Yes, they agreed not to wear it when they came in, but yes, they have been allowed to at different times. What one game a year does that's got nothing to do with Collingwood, I do not know. But according to John Ralph, uh, Collingwood have prepared to allow Port Adelaide to wear the prison bar jumper once a season, if the power, are prepared to use the teal instead of the white on the historic strip. So, Ralphie's saying that the pies are prepared to make ground um, so that they can bring their historic jumper back in uh, with certain concessions and on certain occasions. So, could this be the end to, as I said, one of the biggest non-stories that gets such, such coverage and such big airtime? Could we see could we see uh, this be put to bed uh, finally? But if you're a Port Adelaide fan, does that is that a compromise that you'd be willing to accept? You can have the prison bar, but it's black and teal, not black and white. Uh, and if you're a Collingwood fan, does it really bother you what a team's going to do in a game that you're not playing in once a year? Really, one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. The Paddy Cripps tribunal hearing uh, is underway. We'll update you on how things are going so far. And what arguments are being made on the other side of this?
2: Welcome to the Maccas Run with Sam Hargraves, with special sauce and juicy beef. Grab the one and only Big Mac at Maccas today.
8: Well, when you look at the club now, um, there's there's probably what twenty, ten, twenty percent of people that were on the camp that are still there. Um, so. our our mantra is prioritizing others and we're certainly doing that to the best of our ability. And um, as a footy club, we're still going to work through this um, because you don't sitting here, you don't like hearing that past players are are feeling that way. Yeah. I sit here as the captain at the time of the footy club and um, those boys being past players, uh, not great, to be honest, very, it's quite upsetting to hear that those guys are still um, feeling the effects of the camp. Um, What I will say is that the camp, a lot of people took different things out of it. And I personally, I've said it, um, I took a positive experience out of it. But that does not take away from the the feelings of hurt that those boys are going through at the moment. Yep. I can put my head on the pillow at night and um, put my hand on my heart and say that I did everything I could. I I knew something was not right um, post the camp. I knew blokes weren't feeling um, that great about it. There were fractures within the group, um, like some of the boys have said, and I was having one-on-one meetings. I was having some confidential meetings at my house um, to try and work out exactly the path to take, and um, I can honestly say that I did everything I could to to try and fix it.
4: Taylor Walker on uh, Triple M earlier today in his regular weekly spot, um, that... Uh, those. Comments uh, start to contradict and and, um, fly in the face of all the comments that we heard at the time uh, from the Adelaide Crows, that there was nothing to see here, that there was no issues with any player, there was no drama, no one had a bad experience, no one was upset, no fractures in the playing group. And as you hear there from text, there was absolutely fractures in the playing group. And this is off the back of Eddie Betts's revelations in his new book that were backed up by Josh Jenkins' personal experience, Bryce Gibbs as well. Adelaide, after botching the attempt at an apology um, after... Betts uh, book excerpt came out uh, issued a statement last night, uh, yesterday. Uh, their chair John Olsen um, was speaking to SENSA, Kimbo on the Rooch, and uh, explained why uh, they felt the need uh, to apologise further.
9: The stories that Eddie Betts and uh, Josh Jenkins uh, recounted last week were confronting. And it clearly indicated that uh, the adverse effects from the camp have been felt and continue. It's our responsibility, uh, first and all, both say, apologize to them, and that's what we wanted to do. And secondly, to reach out to them, which I've done in both instances, as has Tim Silver, to have a communication with them and uh, Bryce Gibbs and anybody else who might be adversely affected from uh, the camp, to address any issues and see where we could be of assistance going forward.
4: The Adelaide Crows, John Olsen, speaking to Kimbo on the Roach. Um, part of Josh Jenkins' 16 minutes of You Have to Listen to That If You Haven't Radio last week on uh, The Run Home was imploring the doctor at the time's medical report on all the players that had been in attendance at the camp to be brought to light. Um, Kimbo asked John Olson uh, about the medical report and whether he uh, had laid eyes on that. Have you seen the medical reports yourself?
9: Uh, yes, I have.
1: Uh, does it concern you? And how many
4: players are involved?
9: Um, I can't tell you how many players are involved because the report doesn't um, identify individuals appropriately. So it talks about um, circumstances affecting uh, individuals. So um, there are one or two aspects of that report that I consider of concern. It's where people shared private and confidential information on the basis, it would be exactly that. Mm. And that for them to be exposed in the camp was uh, inappropriate and inexcusable in my uh, view. And also in relation to our Indigenous players, some aspects of that had a uh, substantial negative impact.
4: John Olsen from the Adelaide Crows, Kimbo on the rooch uh, Go to sen.com.au to hear the full interview Um, This may have already been answered, but my question would be, uh, off the back of that, with WorkSafe SA and the AFL, who um, deemed that there was no case to answer for the camp and and the goings-on at the camp, I'm curious as to whether they have read that medical report. And if they haven't, then is it worth reopening those investigations um, off the back of those comments, too, from John Olsen, that there are areas that concern him? So there's probably still a lot more to play out, and potentially, and maybe it would be, taken under advisement from the AFL and WorkSafe SA maybe to have a look again. one 736 736 Just before we get to your calls, Paddy Dangerfield, uh, former Crow himself, um, he spoke uh, to um, the industry needing to be better after the Adelaide Crows camp situation today with Gerard Whateley.
1: You know, as an industry, as a, a club, you know, there's so many things that quite clearly we got wrong. That Adelaide got wrong, as a players' association, you know, we spoke last week. Well, it, clearly, we needed to push harder, and there were there were challenges around that. But you look back at times like these, I think, and go, "What did we learn from it?" And we needed to push harder, um, understanding that there, were, there were challenges around that, but it doesn't excuse. So we've got to be better in that respect. You know, Adelaide released their their statement yesterday around owning it. Now, words words really mean little until it's really actioned and you live by those actions and it underlines everything that you do. So that's the challenge for for everyone involved, from a players' point of view, from a club point of view, from the PA, the AFL. Um, there's a there's a lot of things to to digest and to take in. Um, and we can, we can and must improve.
4: Paddy Dangerfield, scn.com.au to hear the full chat. I might, if I get time, play a little bit more of that, uh, the update with his calf. Looking like he'll play this week. Uh, Paddy Cripps' case has just started at the AFL Tribunal. So uh, I think it's going to go long and I think it's going to go lengthy uh, into the night. Aaron uh, is in the Arragland, has been waiting really patiently. G'day, Aaron.
10: Hey, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. <laughs> um, I'm just, a, I'm a Port Adelaide supporter myself. Um... First thing, I couldn't care if we wear the <laughs> prison bars or not. <laughs> I I'm over reading about it. I like <laughs> I, I get the history and everything behind it, but I it just gets brought up every year. And being a Port supporter, I've got mates who always ask me, "Oh, what's your?" And just, I just don't care. I really, honestly, it's just, and I don't see Collingwood's point. I don't see Collingwood's big deal enough. us not being able to wear it. But, yeah, that's <laughs> that's my opinion on that. Um, I guess Hinkley as a coach, mm. he's, he, I think he's done some really good stuff for us. But at the same time, there's not many coaches that have been at a football club for 10 years and not won a premiership. Mm. And the back-to-back uh, prelims, it's sort of, I guess, You would call it success, but at the same time, to fall to where we are this year, there's obviously something going on in the in between the four walls. I know we've had injuries and whatnot, but certainly to your forward line,
4: a lot of injuries to your forward line, which didn't help. I mean, Charlie Dixon out for a a big chunk of the year. No Fantasia. They were your two, I think they were your two leading goal kickers last year. Um, Yeah, that that hasn't helped because your defence has actually held up pretty well if you look at the points against for the year. Yeah.
10: I just, um, like, there's other things, like, you know, we he dropped Georgiades on the weekend. I I think, you know, Dixon's on the way out. And Hinkley's made a few, I, I guess it's not only his opinion, but he's mm-hmm. made a few decisions in uh, the selections that some of us supporters don't agree with, I guess. And I, I think that's where they're sort of coming from as well. But, yeah, I don't necessarily think he needs... Move on, but I'm also sort of on the fence. Of, okay. Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't. I wouldn't be disappointed if he did go. So yeah, that's just my opinion as a Port Adelaide supporter, mate.
4: Aaron, I really appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time to ring. Um Appreciate it. Michael's in Geelong, just on the Prison Bar. Good day, Mick. Michael, you there?
6: Yeah. Yeah. Hey,
5: mate. How you going? Good. Thank you. Yeah. Good. Up. I'm a uh, a Geelong supporter, actually, and just on the topic of the prison bar for Port Adelaide. Um, This has been something I've been trying to get an answer for for the best part of uh, five years now from the AFL. Travis Old, if you're listening. Um, Why is the Geelong Footy Club the only club in the AFL that does not wear its blue home shorts? It's gone on for the best part of 20 years now. We're the only club that's either forced by Channel 7 or Foxtel or the networks or the AFL to constantly wear our white shorts in every single game, bar Gold Coast, Sydney and Brisbane. I have no answer from from the AFL and from a traditional perspective. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure if you guys can get the answer from it. I know that Eddie Maguire stuck his head up in 2019 when um, <clears throat> long wear wore the blue shorts in a home call against Collingwood and all of a sudden everything changed. And I just, I don't get it. I don't know if you guys know the answer to it, but I'd love the AFL to um add some clarity.
4: Um, I have absolutely no idea, Michael. I'll put my hand up and say, I don't know if it's a light uniform, dark uniform thing and not having a mix of both. Um, I, I honestly don't know. Travis Old, I don't know if he listens live, but I'm told he does not miss the podcast, downloads it every night. No, I don't know that for sure at all. But hopefully, we'll leave it with us and we'll see if we can yeah. do some digging um, and hopefully have an answer for you tomorrow. How about that?
5: Yeah, amazing.
10: That'd be great. be brilliant to find out from the AFL.
4: Thanks, Michael. We will get on the case. Uh, Jono's on the road. G'day, Jono.
10: G'day. Um, just following this morning's article about um, Dyson Heppel being uh, tempted to uh, move on, I think it's actually a win-win. I'm really interested in your thoughts as far as Heppel uh, being caught out with his leg speed um, as a defender or a, a flanker. Um, and now having developing players like um, Ambrosio that is missing out on a spot and potential development in a squad that's clearly developing their younger players. I feel that this is the right time for Merritt or one of the other players to step up into a leadership Mm -hmm. role and Essendon to transition into putting game time in a developing squad that could only benefit its
9: future. What are your thoughts?
4: So this is a story uh, Sam Ebb and I heard talking about this today that um, he believes that... There's a belief that the Gold Coast will be prepared to offer a four-year deal to Dyson Heppel to head up to the Gold Coast to play for two years. And it might be two years as a player, two years as a coach. Um, and how that would be a pretty enticing offer and almost a too good to refuse one. And, and given that there is a belief that there's a, a reticence, whether it be for Essendon to offer a, a longer deal, that the fact that their contract talks aren't moving at any great pace t- tends to be the um, the industry belief. I haven't put a whole lot of thought into it, Jono, But what strikes me about this is it's a little bit of, um, it's a little bit of lemmings. It's a little bit of monkey see, monkey do. Follow the leader. So you remember when Alistair Clarkson got plucked from relative obscurity by Jason Dunstall and the Hawks at the time and became the greatest coach of the modern era, and everyone thought, well, "We've got to do that. We've got to go grab someone who, you know, didn't wasn't necessarily one of the best players of uh, their club or time, and we we, we we will all go try and find the next Clarkson." And that didn't really work for many, if any. I feel like this is a little bit of, well, look what Brisbane did with Luke Hodge and how that was a success. And he got an extra couple of years. Just as I think there's only one Alistair Clarkson, I think there's only one Luke Hodge. And that's no disrespect to Dyson Heppel, who's been a great servant of the Essendon Footy Club. But I think we're all going to, and it's a conversation we have a lot now. Is Dave Mundy the next, you know, could he do what Hodge did? and I just think that there's only one guy who's a three-time premiership captain, a four-time premiership player and a two-time Norm Smith medalist and just so happened to be um, one of the best, you know, defensive generals and, and field generals that we've seen in the game. Um, I don't... Yeah, that, that would be my initial take on it without having to put much thought into it. I think a lot of clubs are going to try and do a Brisbane and a Hodgey, like a lot of clubs tried to do a find the next Alistair Clarkson when there might just be only one of each. Um and it might not pan out the way you think. In saying that, I think Dyson Heppel would be a brilliant person to have around a footy club. He strikes me as uh, not only a very good player, fantastic bloke, uh, well-liked, respected, um, has a brilliant energy, uh, engaged, personable, so fantastic. If he can get another four years, good things to good people, four years more in footy at least for Dyson Heppel isn't a bad thing. Uh, appreciate the call. Um, When we... When we come back, I'll update you on where things are at with the Paddy Cripps case, which has just got underway. Uh, and there's some other news of a non-football variety that we'll get to as well. one 736 736 on the Harcourt's open line if you want to get your final thoughts in. Uh, and we do it all for Macca's. Try the quarter pound of bacon at Macca's today. This is the Macca's Run.
2: Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Are you any closer to making
6: this about your future? Uh, yeah, the club and the management are working through that at the moment, so hopefully we'll certainly get something sorted soon.
4: It's all uh, That was all courtesy of uh, Channel 9. Just a little bit we were able to grab as I looked up at the news and saw that there'd been a doorstop of Dyson Heppel uh, at Bombers training uh, earlier today, so they'll just work their way through it. As you heard from Dyson Heppel, he never seems too phased by much, does he? one three hundred seven three six seven three six on the Harcourt's open line. The Paddy Cripps tribunal case is underway, so... Uh, always seems like a nice bloke too, Paddy. Just jumped on board and said, Good everyone, thanks for your time. Uh, Carlton are going to put into evidence uh, additional footage via a handheld camera that the MRO did not have access to when reviewing the incident. According to the report I'm reading on Fox Sports, who, uh, what do they call this? Uh, blogging it? Live blogging it? Is that what we call it, JK? A live blog? Yeah, that'll do. Um, Cripps has, is giving evidence, says, When I jump, my eyes are purely fixated on the ball. Both arms are out and extended to try and take the ball on my chest in that contest. Uh, Cripps is now standing up uh, and demonstrating his approach to the contest, uh, reiterating that his eyes were fixated on the ball. Uh, So BP's up next with the first serve. Um, I would get the feeling that there wouldn't be a decision till closer to 8 o'clock. So um, we will just wait and see how that one pans out. Uh, A couple of other things making news today. In the world of golf, can Percy fresh off a top 10 finish at the recent PGA event uh, over the weekend, the Wyndham um, maybe drop the biggest golfing bombshell, um, especially from an Australian golf point of view, today on RSN if you missed it.
6: I'll play way more golf next year. And sort of,
9: and with even I know of even more guys that are leaving um, with a live, so I, I think I'll be all right next year.
5: Now, two of those wouldn't be Kem Smith and Mark Leishman,
4: would they? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately,
6: yeah, they're gone.
4: They're gone. So there's been speculation and rumour all around. We heard uh, a uh, pretty short and sharp response from Cam Smith after he won the 150th Open Championship. But if that is true, and that doesn't sound like a guy who thinks that they're gone or believes that it's probably leaning that way, that sounds like a guy who is certain that Cam Smith and Mark Leishman will be joining the Breakaway Rebel Live Tour. We'll talk more about that with Nick Ahern after 8 o'clock in Off the Tee, but potentially that has... The, that is the biggest golf story from an Australian golf point of view. And he would be the highest-ranked player to defect uh, Cam Smith, the current world number two. So Nick Ahern will have his say on that uh, after 8 o'clock. Um, a couple other things from a non-footy point of view. Canberra Raiders coach Ricky Stewart, one-match ban and a $25,000 fine handed down by the NRL for his attack After the game against Penrith, against Jamin Salmon, he called him a weak, gutted dog. Apparently there is a personal history dating back to, I think, Junior Rugby League. Um, Fox Sports have reported, uh, Paul Kent was speaking about it last night, but that is uh, the decision that has been uh, handed down from the NRL uh, to Ricky Stewart. Socceroos captain uh, and goalie Matt Ryan has signed with Danish club FC Copenhagen. Uh, And Nick Kyrgios, the first player to win both singles and doubles titles at Washington ATP 500. Um, and also, too, uh, story this evening as we uh, wrap this up. A uh, couple. Um, apparently, Jay Clark reporting that Melbourne and Geelong are the two front runners to Brodie Grundy. If he is set to leave Melbourne, it could be a replacement for Luke Jackson. And Lauren Wood saying that the AFL is open to, from the Herald Sun, that the, to moving the Essen and Hawthorne AFLW clash in round one to Marvel if ticket sales um, deem that to be necessary. So please get on and get tickets to that game. The two two of the four new expansion, or two of the four new clubs coming in to complete the 18 team AFLW competition. That game, we just have to have that at Marvel. Essendon, Hawthorne, traditional rivals, uh, get your tickets now to make sure it is at Marvel. Hey, thanks for all your calls and all of your texts. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow night uh, for the Macca's run, but back after eight with Off the T. BP's up next, first serve.